Hey guys, the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. Very excited to announce a brand new addition to the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. We have a brand new show hosted by, of course, who else? The Merck's own Mike Merkel. We are introducing the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast Knockout Hour. This is going to be all about the UFC, all the happenings, all the events reviewed by Mike Kyle and a host of other great guests. Super excited to welcome everybody else to the team. Um, but without further ado, I guess there's nothing else left to say, but. It's time! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I'm Always Right Special Edition podcast, baby. <laughs> we are talking UFC, UFC, and UFC, baby. The sport we all know and love. Right now, uh, introduction time. Michael, take us off. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That was awesome. All right, welcome, guys. This is the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am actually hosting this time, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. And, uh, yeah, this is, just like what Steven said, this is uh, the UFC edition. This is a show where we're going to be dropping all UFC the entire time. I've heard some people complain, oh, you talk about a lot of wrestling on your sports bat, and then it's football and basketball. This one's just straight UFC. So if you're a UFC fan, you're in the right spot. Uh, joining me is, uh, you've heard him before on the podcast, if you listen, the whale man, Kyle Budzanowski. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, Michael. Thanks for the introduction. Um, I, I, I am known as the whale man. Um, I think that that reference is a little outdated, you know, back mm-hmm. from, I don't even know when we started the actual I'm Always Right podcast. But uh, Stephen, by the way, when you first when you first introduced the show, I thought you were like a boxing ring announcer, you know, like like one of those guys. Like it was it was amazing. But uh, but yeah, um, you know, I'm back. I haven't been on the actual uh, I'm Always Right show for a while. No, it's because I've actually went into hibernation. Uh, searching and learning the UFC ways and mm-hmm. all for this moment right here. And so I'm ready to fire whatever you need. Awesome. And then joining us, you heard the awesome introduction for us. That might be the introduction every week. We might just make you do it every single week. It's uh, my, good, and... <laughs> that's yeah. my good friend, Stephen Droz. <laughs> yeah, take it away. UFC. Uh, we might have to, we might have to add like a little, bah, 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 you know, into it. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's how we're starting it off. Maybe I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it would, I, I, we don't usually do a lot of editing and post, but we might do something there. Uh, we yeah, might, yeah, we yeah. might have to do something there. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a, a normal listener, you've never heard Steven before. So Steven, if you want to, you know, give us a little intro to yourself, you know, how you got into UFC or anything like that, but yeah. Yeah. So really just all started with beer. I mean, you know, just love drinking <laughs> beer and uh, it, which led me to watching sports with beer, which is like, you know, even better. And then yeah. from, from beer and sports, you know, like all of a sudden we just started, I started watching UFC with uh, Tyler Harrison, who might be on next week, uh, his dad and, and dude, this is I'm talking 2017. The end of it was the it was right up to the end of the McGregor era where you know Khabib kind of shut that down. So um, and then I got really into it from there. And then I mean it just took off to where it is now. And dude, I love it, man. So I love there's nothing like seeing guys blocking punches with their faces, you know. It's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. We got an esteemed cast here. We got these two. We also have some other people kind of in the wings. Uh, that couldn't make it this week that hopefully we can get on next week and some future weeks to talk some UFC. But I think we're going to have a good thing here. And uh, I think since it's our first show, no one really knows our faves, our our dislikes or anything. I think we kind of just do a quick rundown. And when I say quick, it'll probably be like four hours long. But a quick (laughs) rundown of all the champions that we got here. So I have a list um, starting with the women's strawweight. We're going to jump all the way up to the heavyweight and just kind of give our thoughts, opinions, and – you know, how we think everyone's going to fare 
holding the championship so far. So first up here, the strawweight women's champion, Zhang Weili, won the title back in November 12th of 2022, has won defense back in August. Uh, I'll give this one to Kyle. What are your thoughts on Zhang Weili? <laughs> this is actually the one I was hoping you wouldn't give it to me first, but uh, <laughs> I because the only, the only reason I'd say that because I've only watched the only fight I've ever seen live was the last fight, and and mm-hmm. all I all I kind of heard, you know, f- f- come, leading up to that fight was was how dominant of a champion she was, and we kind of just got to see that again in her second or not second, but her last um, championship defense, and uh, I'll throw it over to Steven because that's about all I know. <laughs> Zhang Wei Li, man, this is I've I've seen this lady mature in in martial arts. Uh, watching her in the UFC, I love it. I mean, I think that she owns the greatest women's uh, fight of all time in the UFC, let alone mm-hmm. maybe any other promotion either. Um, her fight against oh, uh, Joanne, the the Russian chick. Uh, yep, yep. Against oh, this, her name's gonna kill me. Uh, you want a Jinjay check? Yeah, 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 that fight. They both walked out of that fight looking like the Elephant Man, and I loved it. It was mm-hmm. just brutal the entire time. Uh, I mean, that. I mean, her kryptonite seems to be Rose Namajunas uh, with that question mark kick, beautifully placed. Uh, and mm-hmm. then from furthermore, you know, they they ran it back, and Rose got it done. But man, Rose just Rose has an issue with grapplers. But we're not talking about Rose. We're talking about Zhang Wei Li. No, looked like a monster in this last fight. I mean, this lady. She just gets better and better every time she steps out there. And, I mean, I, I always notice when she fights, too, um, a lot of times the crowd's, like, boo because she's not the hometown hero. But, dude, you got to love the way that she fights. She is aggressive. She prefers violence. And she's very technical, too, when you watch her fight. I love watching Zhuang Weili. Yeah, she's awesome. I remember the first fight I watched her in uh, was actually that Rose Amanuna's kickout or the, the kick to the face, yeah. and everyone was telling her up. I was like, ah, she's like the baddest girl out here since, like, Ronda Rousey. I was like, all right, let's see what she's got. And she, like, walks out, head kick in, like, 30 seconds. And I went, ah, that's great. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good start. Uh, but, yeah, going back and watching the absolute barn burner of a fight and everything she's done since then, I think she's awesome. Um, talk, I mean, interdivision-wise, I guess, Steven, uh, I mean, is there anyone that you see that, you know, would stack up well against her in a fight. Uh, I don't think she has any planned fights for the rest of the year, or early next year set yet. Um, but do you, do you see anything that uh, anyone that could scare her or her, uh, or is she just going to be dominant for a couple of years here? I mean, who knows if they, if, if Dana White decides to throw Rose Namajunas at her again, man, you never know. It seems like, it seems like in that division, it's kind of weird because you got Rose Namajunas, who is, um, I mean, she seems to be Zhang Weili's kryptonite. And then mm-hmm. Carla Sparza seems to be Rose Namajunas' kryptonite with that grappling and wrestling, man. Um, um, I mean, that, that division's tough. You do have Tatiana Suarez in that mm-hmm. division, and she's 11-0 and and number three in that division. So I'd love to see I'd love to see that fight get put together. Yeah, I would expect that to be probably one of her like, next fight. If it's not Rose, it's probably going to be her. Um, I guess a rematch could probably happen, too. But um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good women in that division, and I'm I'm stoked who they throw her next. They'll probably be early next year, but I'm interested in who they throw her next. Um, yeah, so talking. All right, so we'll hit this next one. So the women's flyweight champion um, just won a pretty convincing fashion, and then had a rematch that wasn't as convincing that went to a draw that she somehow thought she won. 
We'll start with Steven on this one. Alexa Grasso. How do you Alexa, feel about Alexa Grasso? Alexa Grasso. Man, when I tell you Alexa Grasso is the real deal. And and I mean, any questions that people had about Alexa Grasso, I feel were was answered. I mean, arguably, Valentina Shevchenko is is right there in my eyes with the all-time greatest, baddest woman ever mm-hmm. to do it, Amanda Nunes. I, I think I think I mean Valentina. It's, it, it's like a short list of like Nunes, Rousey, and then maybe her, honestly, Shevchenko. I mean, yeah, the bold, is, that, is that fair to say? You know, she was in that movie with um oh who who was it? Who did that movie with her? It was a it was like last year, two years ago. She was in a movie and she was the bad guy. And I mean, I love the bullet nickname, but dude, mm-hmm. in the movie she was in, it was with uh oh, it's gonna kill me. Oh man, dude, somebody in the comments has gotta put this in here. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but anyways, in the in the movie, her nickname in the movie is the lady killer, and I'm or the lady eater or something like that. And I'm like, that is that is a badass nickname, man. Like the bullet's good, that's great. So uh, I think, I think. Oh, she was in. She was in Bruised with yeah. Halle Berry. Halle Berry, that's who it was. Yeah, that was a, that was a UFC movie. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I think uh, I think that fight was fantastic, though. I mean, I mean, all the way, and I agree actually with the judges. It was a split decision. I didn't mm-hmm. not not to either women's um, <laughs> a sense of attack or defense or urgent, but I think that was a draw fight. I mean, you. It could have gone either way in my eyes, and, and a split decision or a split decision is the only other way I saw it really going there, other mm-hmm. than a tie. So, I mean, I, I wasn't mad at the results for sure. Yeah, yeah, Kyle. I remember I was I was hyping up Shimjanko for you at that UFC event that we went to, um, and I was like, yeah, she's a dog, and she was like minus six fifty against Grasso the first time, mm-hmm. and Grasso just got her back and beat her and submitted her in like two in the second round. I went, my bad, I was wrong on that one. Yeah, uh, but how, what are your what are your thoughts on on, on Grasso here? eerily similar to Whaley. All I heard <clears throat> leading up to the first Grasso fight was this girl is a cyborg. She's a Russian, like the typical Russian, like beats trees down type of woman, like literally cannot lose. It doesn't matter how old she is. <clears throat> she's getting older. That means she's getting better. And, <clears throat> and, and to be fair, she was beating Grasso for most of that first fight, but then it all took was one, one quick mistake. And Grasso had her back, and it was over. And I was like, I got up so fast, and I ran to find my cl- the closest Modelo because I was like, my God, <laughs> there's a Mexican champion in the women's flyweight division. And 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 then leading up to the second fight, all we all this talk, okay, well, is was that a fluke? You know, Shevchenko was winning. Like what? Like is Grasso really like an actual champion deserving to have that championship? And we and we when they fought again, it was like. She, we, everyone saw she is that she's that girl. Like mm-hmm. she's very capable, and there, there is an argument. Shevchenko is getting up there in age. Is she regressing? There's not much. Once you get so good, there's not much you could really do to, you know, to become better and especially at a championship level to, to fight at a championship level for that long. Mm-hmm. And but I thought that that's what we saw was just Grasso just, just taking their skills and putting up to the next level. I mean. You could argue it's really an argument. You could argue whoever won the second fight, but like Steven said, like it it looked as much as a draw as you could see. But I mean, Grasso's that chick. That's all I could say. Yeah, is this the weird time when we're gonna get like a win, draw, and a trilogy fight? That's like the other person hasn't technically won yet. 
Like, are we getting to that, or are we going to pass up Shinjingo for someone else? See, I think if this division was maybe one of the other, I'm not going to say the name, but we might be able to guess which other uh, women's division. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, because, you know, it just it's short on talent. But you know what? With Santos in the wing right now, I mean, I, I thought Santos beat Valentina Shevchenko in that fight. Mm -hmm. And I thought the fact that she didn't get an immediate rematch, and I, and I like Alexa Grasso, don't get me wrong, but I thought the fact that that Santos didn't get the get, didn't get the rematch. I think I don't think that she was injured, and that's why Grasso got in. I think it's. Yeah. Um, I think she just got in. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that Santos rematch though, because dude, that she looked fantastic against Valentina, and uh, I think. I think, yeah, that's the next fight to make there. I don't think you do another rematch. I think you go Santos in there and then see. Yeah, I think I think with the reaction of that second fight, I think I think you gotta go away, maybe come back to it if Grosso keeps winning, but I think you kind of go away and then kind of build some other people and, and see what happens in maybe a year or so. Oh yeah. Uh, but that'll be interesting to to see how that plays out. Um so the next two here, we have the women's bantam and featherweight. Obviously, we know that because Amanda Nunes was a double champ and then retired, those belts are vacant. So I don't know if we want to spend a lot of time on the vacant championships um, or if you want to jump right into the men's side of the sphere. I just but, want to uh, say for women's bantam, mm -hmm. Juliana Pena is, is is got a real chance to prove herself here. I mean, because she beat – she. I mean, that is, I think, the, large, the craziest – the craziest, like if you would have bet money on Juliana Pena the first time she fought Amanda Nunes, mm -hmm. I mean that it was just you just saw her kept connecting and kept hitting, and then she dropped Amanda Nunes, and the world stopped. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh my god, like it just Amanda Nunes just got TKO'd. So I think, but then losing that second fight, Juliana Pena's got to go now and make this her division. You know, there ain't no messing around. There ain't no, you know, just get in there and start a. Start knocking people down. That division, I don't think, is very deep. Granted, Holly Holmes in that division, but um, other than that, I mean, I think that that division isn't as deep as the other women's divisions. So, um, yeah. Julian Pena should be able to prove herself now. Yeah, and correct me. There's no at least announced feather or bantamweight women's fight coming up for the championship, right? That we no. we haven't gotten any news on that yet. So, um, I haven't seen any. Yep. Okay, so yeah, so I guess um, obviously we'll be doing this a week to week podcast here. So when something does get announced there, obviously we'll talk and break that down. But I don't know if we want to spend a lot of time on these vacant, you know, championships and things like that. Yeah, I mean the um, featherweight division might just have to go as a whole. The women's featherweight, there's just no one. I mean, even actually, fun fact: I have the UFC app right now, and I mean, looking at this, it, it doesn't even pull up on the UFC app. The division is <laughs> that. It's just that empty. There's no, there's not a lot of talent in there. And that's not to say those women are, you know, athletes and competitors, but I mean, you just don't have that dominant, that dominant John Jones in the division. You just don't have that dominant Amanda Nunes anymore. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it for now, at least there's not really enough talent, I think, to keep that division going featherweight, women's featherweight, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, who knows? So, you know, there's always up and coming people, Dana White's contender series or tough. You always got these new up and comers. So. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if they keep the division alive, they'll find someone. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, all right, jumping into the men's side here, uh, we'll start off with the men's flyweight Alexandra uh, Pandoja with the big win over Brandon Moreno back in July on that stacked July card, uh, becoming the new flyweight champion. He's taking on Brandon Royval um, coming up on that December 16th card. I believe it's 296. Yep. The Leon Edwards card. Um, 
uh, I'll shift this one to Kyle here. What are your thoughts on um, Pandoja, what you've seen? Um, big win over Moreno, got a big fight upcoming. What's What are your thoughts there? Oh, man, that just just watching that, that fight against Moreno just, like, took energy out of me, let alone, like, them. I can only imagine the absolute war that that they that went through. It was crazy. It's one of the craziest title fights I ever got to watch. And I got to watch it at a movie theater. Like, that screw was huge. And I got to watch dudes absolutely try to kill each other for however many minutes it lasted. But, um, man, I mean, Brandon Moreno has definitely been in a lot of wars over his reign and years in the flyweight division, but it's hard to deny Pantoja, man. He, he was able to kind of negate all of Moreno's scrambliness, you know, in the clinch and stuff and, and, and on the ground. And, and <clears throat> I mean, I don't really, I haven't heard, really heard much about Brand, Brandon Roy, Royval. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard, I don't know. Um, sorry, man. I, I've been up so long today. Probably should be more for this, but I literally woke up school 12 hours straight. But um, you gotta no, get the caffeine jump in here. I know. I mean, I'm drink. I'm drinking uh some some apple cider and eating bagel bites. So that's the state <laughs> of my life right now. But um, I'll just throw it over to Steven and I'll let him continue on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I think in this division it just. And, and you know what? And I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to drop the veteran UFC quote of the podcast, baby. Okay. okay well, we got it. something new <laughs> on the first podcast. So everything's new, right? Yeah, but, exactly. But we got to start the trends now. That's what Yeah, that's exactly. Let's, yeah. let's load them up, baby. Lock them, load them, shoot them out. Let's get yeah. it going. Uh, right, well, what is it? What we got this week? Daniel Cormier once said, uh, you know, those like those trilogy fights, they take a lot out of you, man. And, and Brennan Moreno being the with Davidson Figueredo, the only two guys in UFC history to ever go into a four-part, I mean, I don't even want to call it a trilogy, just, just yeah, four-parter four now. Four, yeah. four fights, I mean, that's that's unheard of, right? So, I mean, I just, it's, you got to wonder after DC said that, do you think Pantoja is just fighting potentially something where, Brandon Moreno at this point is just so that, like you know, out of it. Something, or... something's just you know it, it. It that's what DC said. It's like it, those things. They those fights. They take them out of you. You know, it just takes something from you. Um, it's unfair yeah. in that way. So. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking that. Um, I'm very interested in what this Brandon Royval fight brings because he's not a name that's kind of you know circled out there. And obviously, this you know a win there would obviously you know shoot him up the the rankings and everything. Um, I'm interested if he goes out and just kind of dominates. Uh, Brandon in December, I'll be like, okay, I, I, I believe it more. Um, but I, I do think he might've caught Moreno and we're going to talk about this. I think a few times here with some of these new champions that we have kind of just catching people either late in their career or after a couple big fights where it's like, I don't know if I actually believe that they're at the level that they're at, but they might've just had the perfect timing window to, to get there, yeah. okay. you know, I'll uh, Sean Strickland. <laughs> Jamal Hill. We, we, hey, listen, we're, we'll get there. We, we got time. We got time. Just um, yeah, uh, we'll just, get to Sean Strickland. I got I got a piece ready to go for that one. Uh, uh, let me remember to jump to you on that one first. All right. Uh, I think I think this next one we're all gonna have some thoughts on. Bantamweight champion Sean O'Malley beating Aljamain Sterling and TKO uh, back in August. Uh, I, I know show. you. The Sugar Show is champ. I know you both probably have a lot on this one. I'll throw it to Stephen first because we've just been flip flopping here. Stephen, what are your thoughts on Sean O'Malley? 
I mean, Sean O'Malley, you gotta love the guy. Whether you want to love him or hate him, the hair, the personality, man, the the marijuana, you just gotta love him, you know? I mean, this guy is the embodiment of, like, you know, fucks given, I guess, you know? <laughs> just... <laughs> I mean, you see this dude pull up to a press conference for a, for a gladiator match with with flowing red hair, and you got Piotr Jan being like, "This guy looks like a you know stripper on the side of the road, or a you know whatever you would call him on the side of the road." And and uh, then he goes out there, and I mean, like Sean O'Malley, like any questions you've had about him, I think should be answered. Um, the only thing that I have to say about Sean O'Malley is um, you've seen him against grapplers now you've seen him against Piotr Jan who has I mean all of it put together it seems like but uh the one big challenge here that I want to see and I'm like just dying to see right now is my man Corey Sanhagen going in there with Sean O'Malley that is the fight to make right now Mm -hmm. I mean Marab is there I I think there's a lot of fights to make with Sean O'Malley there I think I think there are options Bantamweight Uh is I think personally the deepest division i think in the ufc right now I, I i would think it's one or uh maybe maybe maybe, like maybe, maybe it's probably yeah. up there too but i mean it's it's one or the few but, i mean uh, just looking on the list here you got sean o'malley aljermaine sterling marab you got henry cejudo Corey sanhagen my man that guy's won me a lot of money on DraftKings, ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh oh wait not a paid for sponsor either yeah i know we can't be <laughs> even though we will be talking about Betting lines come the fight night, but you know, yeah, you know, okay, maybe, we'll maybe. Um, <laughs> you got Marlon Chido Vera, Piotrion, I think I said that, Rob mm-hmm. Font, uh, Song Yadong, um, Dominic Cruz. I mean, this is down to nine, Pedro Munez, 10, Umar Numagomedov. I mean, do you just go and look and just like these guys are all killers, they're all young too. I mean, none of these guys are, with the exception of you know, Dominic Cruz, maybe, um, none of these guys are really, really like old i guess i mean they're they're all pretty much in their prime which is so rare to see in a ufc division where all the killers all the i mean these guys are put on earth to kill people and they're mm-hmm. all in their prime ready to do it and you get to go lock them in a cage and and it just i you know you couldn't be happy that's awesome yeah Kyle, let's kick it to you what yeah, do you Kyle, what, what you got shout out man well, I mean, in the famous words of just about anyone who follows UFC, uh, the bantamweight division is the deepest division in all of the UFC. We all know that. We all we all say it. It's common knowledge at this point. El El Jermaine Event Sterling finally loses to Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, I mean, just I mean, if you just look at Sugar Sean, you know, you know that he was always destined to be champion. Starting at the Dana White Contender Series, look looked like a skinny little child basically and that he just started killing people for for years and he just the 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 things he would do to people you, you know you people who'd even watch the ufc would see these clips and they were like god damn that guy's crazy i don't know what happened there but you might want to get bad. that That's checked awesome. out but uh um but i i feel it just felt like it was destined to happen i mean you you can call him one of the greatest strikers in the world you wouldn't be wrong but I mean, as Steven was saying, you got you got some great fights you can make. I mean, I I love Marab so much. He's just like a he just has infinite stamina. You know, he's just like one of those guys you create on a video game and just he never gets tired. I love Corey Sanhagen. That'd be an awesome fight, just stylistically. That'd be beautiful to watch. I they're 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 trying to get uh, Cheeto Vera if, to fight uh, Sugar Sean. I don't know how much I love that. You know, I feel like there's a better guys that. 
that he could be fighting right now. But just in general, I'd, I love the Bantamweight division. I'm excited to see where it goes. And there could be so many guys who could be a, a, the champion starting, you know, mid next year. It's going to be crazy to watch. Yeah, I, I love me some Sean O'Malley. I think he's maybe the most entertaining guy, at least from a pre-fight standpoint right now. I mean, every time he sits on that stage, you're just like, man, he just sells you into that fight. He's got that, like, obviously not as high as McGregor can do it, but, like, every time he sits at that podium, you really just are, like, you're into every word he says, and he's just he's ready to spit that line. It's just like, all right, I'm in. You got me. It could be against anybody. You're like, yeah, all right, I'll watch it. And so I think it's going to be awesome. The one thing that that I wasn't a fan of with Marab and Aljamain is how they were, like, and even Dana White kind of got – got irritated with this is how uh marab's like no i'm not taking a title shot if aljamain's there because we're friends and dana mm-hmm. white's like dude you're in the business of fighting like you if, whether it's your friend or you know there, there's there's been friends who have fought in the octagon before and it's beautiful and it's respectful and it's and it's a fun time and i mean you know i just i think about um even even uh max holloway and dustin Poirier. i mean you know two guys who are you know like each other and all that who just go in there have a good time i think about Cowboy Cerrone and, you know, pretty much anyone he's been in there with. I mean, you know, um, later in his career, at least. I mean, you know, it's just like you can go in there with your friend and, and and have a barn burner. You know, it's never never something where you, you know, you can't can't go in there and do that. I mean, so I think that 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 kind of irritated me about about those two. And then Al Jermaine too, the funk master, it just something about that, that the way he won the title was it bothered me right because it's yeah, like the, the, the disqualification knee yeah yeah i mean to win the title that way and i mean and i mean i, I think uh El, dude i would <laughs> i mean Aljamain is is he is a complete wrestling skill set don't get me wrong mm-hmm. i think his striking um isn't on the level as maybe someone like sugar sean o'malley or peter peter yan even or Corey sanhagen um but if he gets your back he's deadly but i mean um i think just like the way he won the title was it was it was kind of like almost a tough pill to swallow it felt like where it's like mm-hmm. You're like, ah, come on, like that's the way you're gonna, and then and then post it. And I didn't have an issue with him winning it that way, but then it was like posting it online and being like, I'm the champ. I'm like, you better fight Piotr Jan before you start calling yourself the champ because that guy is looking at you like lunch. And then he did and he won. And then at that point, it's like, okay, yeah, but- I, I, I don't want to be be that guy who kind of hates on it, but when you, when you win by disqualification, then you kind of squeak by in the Peter Jan, the second one, and then you beat an old Henry who or Henry Cejudo. And then you're kind of like, oh, I'm the be- I'm the best out here. I'm like, yeah, sure, but like, really, yeah, like, I, I wasn't I wasn't really sold on it. Um, yeah. And then when you look how deep, but then you're you're getting this guy who's out of retirement to fight you. I was just like, I'm not I'm not loving your stuff. So I'm I'm happy Sean O'Malley won. Do you think in that fight? And I, I'll throw it to you and Kyle to quickly answer this before we move on. Do you think that fight was stopped a little early from from a USC point? Because it looked like uh, Sterling kind of rolled through and was like like kind of like okay with it and then they kind of like i thought they stopped it a tad early for sean o'malley but I, it, it, it could go either way i think i think um i mean don't get me wrong aljamain aljamain i mean he could have got maybe back up or he could have survived the round but i mean sean o'malley man he he rocked him he knocked him down mm-hmm. and from the ref's point of view in the moment i get the stoppage because i mean as the referee of that you got to protect the fighter and uh, mm-hmm. when someone goes down like that, I mean, they just fall. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's really what happened. 
I mean, then seeing him just get pounded on that many times, uh, I think fighters should only be able to take, you know, so many strikes before it's like, okay, you have to call the match just because, you know, at the end of the day, like this is a human being and, you know, this is a, you don't want to give them CTE down the road like they're Matthew Stafford because of his old line. So, in Detroit, so I mean, you know, like you got to <laughs> throw a football in there. Had to get the old Lions in there. <laughs> Not the new Lions, baby. UFC. So, I mean, um, you know, I just think with how deep that division is, to me, it was like, you're going to, call out Henry Cejudo when you have Mirab, Sugar Sean O'Malley, Corny, Corey Sanhagen. I mean, I already ran through the list, but I mean, all these killers in their prime and you're going to call out the vet to me. It just, it's, you know, and realistically, uh, just honestly, it seems like the same call out that Sean O'Malley just did with Ch- Marlon Chido Vera, where it's like, you're going to call out that guy. Like yeah. that seems like the easier option in the and not the easier i mean these guys are all killers again but i mean like it just seems like there are there's bigger I mean, fish to fry in a, yeah fight in a, yeah. that guy is mm-hmm. a monster i mean go fight Corey sanhagen that guy stylistically that's a really interesting fight yeah i'm, I'm interested early next year who they give o'malley for his first defense well um, yeah. has it been announced yet or i don't think so i think unofficially no. officially it's marlon chito vera he wants to avenge the loss which i get but mm-hmm. It is his only technical loss on the record, so Sugar State yeah. Athletic Commission said not, but <laughs> said no. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, jump into the featherweights. Um, I feel like this one could be really long, could be really short, depending on how we look at it. Um, definitely the most dominant champion that we have right now. Uh, won the title back in December of 2019, so he is going to be champion for four, at least four years, going into his next title fight. Uh, that is Mr. Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, I'll throw this one to Kyle. How do you feel about the Volk man? Oh man, what 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 else? What do you need? To, what else needs to be said about the Volk man? He's he's beat he's beat everyone. You know, he's been champion, like you said, for years. Everyone. Well, <laughs> Makachev. Uh, well, okay, in his division. <laughs> what were I? I mean, some people say he did. I think. The judges know exactly what they're doing, and they're never wrong. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> in his division, he's beaten just about everyone. He's like I said, he's re- he's been reigning over the featherweight division for years now. He, the, the whenever a new upcomer like Yair shows up, big fight, he takes care of him, no problem. He's not a choke master, um, but he does have a scheduled fight with Ilya Taporia uh, early, not confirmed, but basically confirmed next year. I, I love that fight. Another young up and con- up and comer um, coming to take his title, and so far he's abs- he showed absolutely nothing that would show to me that I think he wouldn't win. Like he's mm-hmm. I, like he he's like he doesn't age. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only fight in last since his title reign started that I thought was iffy was that second one against Max Holloway, the one that went to decision. I think it was a split decision win. Um, yeah. That was the only one that was like, are we, are we sure we gave it to the right guy here? Every other one has either been by submission, knockout, or he's just as brutally beat the crap out of whoever he's fighting. He just but then they fought top. each other again, and he's like, I'll show you who's better. And then, yeah, true. And then he's like, yeah, we're good. Kyle, what did you think of that uh, T-City Brian Ortega guillotine? Oh, oh, I mean, that, both of them. Bro, I see. They show that those highlights like on Instagram and stuff like to this day all the time, and it's just like it, it like Michael will send it to me. And he'll be like, "This just doesn't make sense. Like, how does this happen?" And I'm like, "I, he's he's Alexander the Great. I don't know, man." Yeah, 
I mean, see, I mean, you you wrestled for a while. I know. Uh, I mean, sitting in that choke for three minutes. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, yeah I'm good. Yeah, that's I'm probably good. more jujitsu than wrestling. But I mean, yeah. dude, just sit in that choke. Uh, it's it's unreal what he did. Like, and, and I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever been put in a guillotine choke, but it makes your brain panic, and it doesn't really give you a choice. You have to be so poised and so calm, and and really focus on your breathing so much when you're in that spot or else you're gonna, your, your brain's going to freak out. And, and I mean, you're either going to go out or you're going to tap out. Right. So mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't, it, it's unhuman. I mean, like the normal human being, their brain tells them like, Oh, I can't breathe. I need to tap <laughs> out. Um, you know, I'm not getting blood flow to my head, uh, you know, which is important. I've heard. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, um, just, I, I think the fact that, uh, that was that was incredible that that to me and i mean the the best champions in the ufc have those championship moments where you're just you're just incredibly blown away by by what they do or how they do it or, or a knockout or i mean i i'm a we're gonna get there to the welderweight division i'm a huge fan of kamaru usman um you know champion mm-hmm. or not uh not my favorite fighter we'll get to my favorite fighter um but uh you guys might know who he is but uh mm-hmm. um no, I mean, Kamar Usman, I think that that signature moment was that Jorge Masvidal knockout where, I mean, I've never seen somebody get knocked off and see the sweat, you know, just get a not knocked off their face. They got punched mm-hmm. in the face so hard. And, you know, um, I think that's like a championship moment. That's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, and for Volkanovsky, I think that those were his, I mean, two, two guillotine chokes where you just stay that poised. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it's really a question. I mean, I know. We might get into the pound for pounds in a little bit here, and and maybe that goes a different way. But I don't think there's much argument that he's the best fighter right now. I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with that, but I, I he's can't, I can't really make an argument. He's the great. He's the, he, he obviously who like John Jones came back, gave someone a little hug, and then he's and now he's champion. Like that's true. He did break someone's spine in like thirty seconds. Yeah, like crazy, I mean, like he's John Jones is the go, but like Alexander's the, like number one the great right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Jones might be a little out of his prime. Yeah, yeah just a tad. And he might have gotten uh, the best matchup in that division. Oh, we'll get there. We're gonna we'll, get we'll there. get there. Yeah, we're we're jumping <laughs> up the ranks here. Yeah, we, we're gonna get there. Uh, jumping next though, if you guys keep it track, we got the lightweight division with Islam. Lightweight. Um, I would throw this one to Steven as we're going back and forth, but I know Kyle's favorite fighter has a little grudge against this guy, so I'm gonna throw this one to Kyle. How how do you feel about Islam Makhachev beating Charles Oliveira for the title? Okay, well, let me start up with this. Um, I, I've always loved Islam. You know, I just, I just have always liked his style. You know, wrestling dominant, being able just to negate anything anyone wants to do to you. So I'm just gonna get that out of the way first. But mm-hmm. with that being said, Charles Oliveira is my my true love, my true my true hero. He's he's my everything. I have a shirt. I'll be wearing that shirt uh, in a few weeks when he when he has to fight Islam again. But I mean, we're going to get into it when we talk about, you know, our 294 preview, UFC 294. Um, but it's it's hard to see Charles winning that fight because Islam was just so dominant the first time. Like, I don't know where what Charles would be able to do, especially because he's he's getting up there in age. He's kind of reinvented himself once already from a win-loss, win-loss type of guy to a, to a guy who's been dominant the past few years. But lightweight division i mean if if you just look at the rankings it's very very top heavy with aging stars and 
I just don't see right now who's going to be able to take Islam's reign. I mean, you have you have a um, who's fighting this? I forgot. Uh, Grant Dawson. He's he's ranked tenth. Uh, he's fighting this weekend, but above him, you have uh, you know your Michael Chandler's, Darius Poirier, Gaethje. Yeah, McGregor's technically. Conor McGregor is oh. definitely will be there in a few months for sure. But I, I just. I, it's Islam's. He's. I think he's going to be champion for a while. Okay, breaking the action. Do you guys think McGregor comes back or not? I. I see the news. I've been seeing that he, he just, just, just got put, put back in the in the, in the, in the, testing the pool. pool. Yeah. I don't think I he think fights again. You don't think so? I don't think he does. I mean, I, I think, think he does. I don't know if it's going to do anything, but I think he's going to try. Okay. But uh, uh, coming back to Islam here a little bit, uh, Stephen, what's your what's your thoughts on Islam? And um, give us a maybe a, a like a sneak peek, a little teaser trailer for what you got for Oliveira Magachev in a couple weeks. Okay, I mean, um, I think I think Kyle, I like I like your take. Um, the one thing I will say though is there's one man in that division who's coming, and he's been coming for a long time, and you've seen this guy start putting it together and putting it together and putting it together. Training partners with my man, Kamaro Usman. Trevor Whitman is his coach. This guy's name is Justin, the human highlight Gaethje, baby. This guy is a monster, the most electric fighter in the UFC. I'm talking knockouts, knockout bonuses. The most professional UFC fights with bonuses, I believe, to this day. Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje, that guy is a monster, dude. And, um, I mean, he's fought. I mean, the people he's fought to get title shots are, I mean, he fought Khabib, who, I mean, Khabib, to me, and I'm just going to kind of graze over this and maybe come back to it later, but Islam Mahakachev is a a version of Khabib, but not necessarily a better version. Mm -hmm. I think maybe a little bit less complete wrestling-wise. Still extremely dangerous, but um, he does that ground and pound, that Russian Samba, that Dagestani, you know, uh, smish style <laughs> but um i think i think justin gaethje kind of said he's like hey this is my last run to the title this is the last time i'm doing it i can't you know he's like i don't want to keep doing this to myself i've made enough money to where i you know the only thing i want now is just to be a ufc champion and uh that rafael fazee fight man that was a good fight i was down in uh fort lauderdale florida watching that on the yeah. couch with some sports bets that i placed in michigan uh, just want to clarify that Sports yeah, he's not illegally doing it. <laughs> so, um, no VPNs used, I promise. <laughs> so, um, but uh, no, I mean, I, I, I quite favorably put money down on uh, Justin Gaethje, who mm-hmm. I forget if he was the favorite. I think he might have been the dog in that fight. In I think he was like a plus like one thirty dog. If I yeah, remember. yeah. Some, it was like very yeah. close, but it, I think he was a dog. Yep, and uh, and I mean he. Uh, he took care of business for me. He he just absolutely shined. That guy is a monster. That guy's coming. Every time you see him fight, man, it's just like he knows where you're going. I mean, that mm-hmm. that Chandler fight, that might be one of the best fights I've ever seen in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's up there for sure. I mean, that, that Michael Chandler fight, I wish that fight was five rounds because that is the yeah. – I'll say that is the best three-round fight I've ever seen in my life. That yeah. Those two guys were just well, – you know, how they were standing. Um, I think Justin Gaethje is, is coming. I think uh, – after this fight, whoever wins, Justin Gaethje gets the next crack. And uh, think so? I'm, I'm hoping that he gets it, too, because he deserves it. Do you think from a business standpoint, it would make more sense if Oliveira wins this one to do trilogy between them two? Or do you think they skipped Justin 
and maybe go back to trilogy if Oliveira wins. Like, I want to see. I want to see. I I do, and I mean to get to the prediction here. Um, I love Du Bronx. Du Bronx is the man. I think that guy. I mean, I love the you know the Brazil fighters. Man, they just they bring that entertainment level. They bring that you know championship pedigree. Um, they they really got a factory down there. It seems like, but um, I will say I want. And I'm not usually rooting for the Dagestani guy. I don't know why, but it just kind of always works out that way. No, no, no hate on the Russian Samba, but um, that's Mish style. But um, I, I would love to see all-American Justin Gaethje wrestler versus Islam Mahakachev. And and because we saw what happened with Khabib. And I mean, even Khabib was like the guy who cracked me the hardest was Justin mm-hmm. Gaethje. The guy who, you know, he's like that guy hits like a Mack truck. So, I mean, I, I would like to see what I think is lesser lesser version of Khabib is a Mahakachev versus Justin Gaethje. I think Justin Gaethje gets that done. So I'm hoping I'm hoping Mahakachev holds the title this time. But I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad if Du Bronx won it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be one where I won't bet on just because I mean, you know, I, I got conflict of interests. So sure, sure. sure. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we don't, yeah we don't have to get into predictions or anything. I, I kind of know where both of you stand on this already, but uh, <laughs> hey, we'll have we'll, a UFC 294 early impressions, so we could. We definitely yeah no yeah I think play. in what would it be in, in two weeks or so we're gonna run down the whole card get predictions yeah. oh, you know, all that fun stuff so um you know obviously you know look out for that and uh that'll be a fun time but uh jumping up a little here we got the welterweights uh current champion obviously Leon Edwards with the kick per round the world knocking out Kamaru Usman and then defending it over him and he has an upcoming title fight against one Colby Covington. So, Steven, I'll throw this one to you. What are your thoughts? I know you love Kamaru Usman. But what are your thoughts on Leon Edwards? I mean, I think that this division isn't isn't maybe talked about enough. Um, I mean, I I think Rocky's good, man. I think Leon Edwards has got a good story. I love the I love the you know coming from nothing and, and putting it all together and then becoming a UFC champion. I, I hate the way he won. I can't lie. I mean, Kamaru Usman, that guy's um <laughs> that guy's superman dude that guy is just mm-hmm. he, he's a balanced breakfast over there and just the head kick in the fifth round when it just felt like whose mom was like all right maybe i just kind of coast a little here you know just whatever um ah dude that one still that one keeps me up at night still but <laughs> i mean uh you know just just i'm thinking that leon edwards here is uh he's the real deal man he's got good hands he's a good boxer he's definitely worked on ground um ground game Colby Covington is going to be interesting for him to fight. I think that was the fight to make. Um, mm-hmm. Colby Covington would be the champ if not for Kamara Usman there in Kamara Usman's prime. Granted, I'm not holding against Kamara Usman, man. That guy's knees are shot. That guy walks on grass, not sidewalk. That guy walks down the stairs or walks down the stairs backwards. His knees got smashed. He tried to do a knee replacement surgery where they smash your kneecaps. And, and mm, yeah, right. I heard about that. And, uh, I mean, dude, his knees are his knees are shot. But I mean, um, I think that Colby Covington's got a gas tank. Like you know, you just can't believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colby Covington's that guy who like always stays in shape like year round. Like he could get called tomorrow and be like, "Hey, we need you as a backup." He's like, oh, "I'm there." You know, so like, there's some guys who are like they take a month off, do what they want, and then they kind of discipline back into it after like a month or so after resting. Colby's just like twenty four seven. This is just what I do. And so, do you think the, the ring rust gets to Colby Covington here, or, or Merkel? Do you think that the uh, the ring rust is, has an effect here? Because I mean, he hasn't fought since yeah. uh, Masvidal. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I was, I mean, I was going to ask this before uh, Steve went, went, went ahead and said that uh, Colby Covington is deserving, but I was going to ask, is he really deserving? Like, there are people who say, Bilal Muhammad, he's been fighting, he's basically just been winning and winning and winning for what seems to be years, and he hasn't even got mentioned for a title fight, and Colby Covington hasn't fought in years, and now he's walking into a, t- a title fight, and there has been a, a lot of heated discussion. Yeah, Should I he think- be getting a title fight? I think I think they needed like a big name value fight for this card. It's the last card of the year and everything. So I think throwing um, Colby on there is probably a good call. Um, I think um, you know if you threw Bilal out there, um, maybe with a bigger headliner, it could be a really nice like secondary match. But uh, I think I think Leon Colby is something that like everyone's like oh, I'm down. Like just from that fight alone, if everything else didn't happen, like. I would pay just for that fight. So um, I think it almost was the fight to make at that point. Are you saying that Bilal, remember the name Bilal Muhammad does not have good name value? I mean, not as much as Colby Covington. I think a hundred percent of business decision. I mean, I just, yeah. I keep hearing from everybody, Bilal Muhammad and I think Bilal Muhammad is good, but he just doesn't fight exciting. He fights safe. And, and, and I mean, that's, it's a, it's a, it's, if you're a fight fan, you think it's, a, you know, you find it entertaining. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a lot of clinching and uh, me and uh, me and Tyler's dad, Brian had this thing where Joe Rogan, one of the, one of the uh, UFC numbered events, he's like, well, this fight isn't very entertaining unless you're fans of the clinch. And like, we were like joking around because UFC commentary is the best commentary. In oh, sport. So you can't convince yeah. me otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh so we kind of like started joking around and every time someone has clinched ever since then in a fight, we both start clapping and cheering. We're like, clinch, let's go, baby. They're in the clinch. <laughs> so um, I think that it's just like that's. But I mean, we're also pretty big fans of the sports. I don't consider myself necessarily a casual fan. So mm-hmm. um, I think with that, though, but to your casual fan, which is your main audience, um, Colby Covington's got the loud mouth. He's got the. He's got that swagger and he's kind of he kind of went from being the blah Muhammad who played it safe to learning, you know. And I mean, if you guys have ever heard Colby Covington's story where it's like he kind of plays heel a little bit where he mm-hmm. he puts on the act um because he was gonna get cut from the UFC and they kind of told him, like, hey, you know, this even if you win or lose this fight, and then he went out in Brazil and then won, and then you know, called them all filthy animals and called Brazil a dump, and then the UFC he walks out and they're like, All right. What's, yeah, uh, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I think I think especially because when you hit the December time, usually the December cards aren't as big as like I feel like November that last like Thanksgiving card is pretty big, and then the December one's kind of like it feels like a throwaway card almost um, because it's like the last card of the year. So I think just adding that like you know that press conference, oh my god, it's just gonna be firing shots at each other, Leon oh, and Colby. Yeah. Oh my god, that December be- card is heat though, like. I know, and that's the it's thing is, is we got a lot going on that one. So I'm, I'm excited for that card. But the last three cards are for the year. Yeah, I know. We're going to have some fun shows to talk about. That's that's for one thing. That's for sure. You uh, yeah, right, man. They, they, they've been doing it right. Uh, speaking of doing things right, let's talk about the middleweight division. This one's – if we would have started this podcast a month ago, completely different conversation here. Um <laughs> I don't even know who who wants to take this one more. Um, have you guys heard of a guy named Sean Strickland? Because he's UFC champion right now. Deshaun Strickland. Anything is possible. Sean Strickland. You know, haters will say that it doesn't exist. But there is a bet out there that I placed mm-hmm. for house, absolute house money. Sean Strickland by knockout in that fight. 
And dude, it was when, so cool. That when, first round when he got laid, when, when he lit him up, I was you couldn't you you wouldn't even believe the positions my body was in. Michael was calling me. He's like, bro, what is going on right now? And I said, dude, I told you Deshaun's got it. He just got it. Yeah. And I after I believed you, up, I didn't believe you. After I hung up, I was like, I had absolutely no idea this was going to happen because no one on earth picked Deshaun Strickland to win the middleweight champion of the world. And now I'm looking, I'm sitting here looking at these rankings, seeing Deshaun as the champion. And I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like I, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say, like, is this guy like going to be a dominant champion? Like he played it, he didn't play against him when he fought against a dude who obviously didn't look like himself. And mm-hmm. so it's hard to say if he's, is he going to get a rematch? Most people don't want to see that because it was a thorough beating. He didn't like, beat him up to a yeah. pulp. To, to me, I watched that fight and I went, I think Izzy got rocked early and then thought, I'm the champion, so if I just do enough, I can survive. Yeah, and but, like, Sean, was like- and, but Sean was like, no, 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 no I'm going to kill you. And I don't think they were like, I don't think Izzy was expecting that mentality to come at him so quickly. But like rounds three, four, five, like Sean was, he, he was winning them all and, and it didn't seem like Adesanya was doing anything to to you know, try to eat, eat, even win the scorecards wasn't trying anything to do to to win to knock him out to do anything, and so I, so by the time the fight was over, it was like what do I was like what just happened? Like the one way that I thought would be impossible for Sean Strickland to win by points against the dude who literally only wins by points, and I was shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Steven, what do you guys say on Sean Strickland? Oh, Sean Strickland, dude, that guy might actually be clinically insane. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you guys heard that Joe Rogan, man, but that was something with Sean Strickland on that, um, on that Joe Rogan experience. Um, he's, I mean, if you're an, if you grew up in the 90s, if you love the 90s, if you listen to 90s music, you love Sean Strickland. That guy to me is 1990s. <laughs> that guy just, you know, fucks given to the zero. <laughs> um, but to go back to my kind of uh, UFC, I'm sorry, <clears throat> UFC veteran quote of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like Daniel Cormier said, uh, man, those trilogy fights take take a piece out of you. And um, Israel Adesanya, man, that's a that's a trilogy right there with Alex Pereira. And Alex Pereira might be the scariest guy in the world. I mean, if you if I had to pick who in the world. To not run into an alley, it'd probably be Alex Pereira. That guy looks like he kills people. Um, it really would be. I'm not even joking. It it would be. <laughs> I don't want anything with that. I still wake up with shivers, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think this division has been the most surprising division this year because not only for Adesanya, well, losing, gaining the title back. I'm not sure if that was late last year where he lost, but um, losing the title, gaining the title back then which was surprising, mm-hmm. and then losing to Sean Strickland, which was surprising. And then, I mean, not even the championship, but but Drake Stuplissi's um, going out there and beating Rob Whitaker in, in emphatic fashion, that was yeah. surprising too. I mean, and I don't know if you guys uh, have a take on that, but, I mean, I thought Drake Stuplissi's was kind of right time, right place, like you said, Kyle, kind of guy, and and he proved me wrong. He went out there and against Rob Whitaker, who I think is the Reaper, man. He's one of the mm-hmm. best to do it in the, or in the middleweight division. Um and he he showed that he's he's actually worth it, man. He's he's worth the time. He's worth the watch. So it'll be oh. interesting to see him. I hope he's the first uh, Sean Strickland defense. Yeah, I w- I was really hoping, and I I do think he could be the first defense. I w- I was really hoping 
and maybe we'll get something where it's like Izzy and him as like a number one contendership fight because I really want that Izzy like I really want that Izzy fight when they were in the octagon like yelling at each other I was like man this is this would be such a good bit like the build and the and the smack talk and I was like oh this is gonna be awesome and then Izzy lost I was like oh we're gonna lose that now uh, um, I, I really hope that fight's kind of down the line because I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if you – I think something looked wrong just last day here. Something looked wrong with Izzy in that fight. And even Dana White had kind of said, like, before the fight, he's like, hey, you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'll talk to you later. And then uh, mm-hmm. he went in there and lost. And then he – even at the press conference, he didn't stay. He didn't say anything. He was just kind of like, I'm going to let someone else talk to you. I had something else planned, but – yeah, that was that was one of those like weird like because he came in, he was like, even if I won, I wasn't gonna stay. And I'm like, really though? Because he's the one that kind of gloats around. I'm like, I feel like I feel like he was a little. I feel like something was wrong. Like, yeah, something, something was wrong. off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what uh, what the UFC announces early next year for Sean Strickland. I'm I'm interested if they do the rematch. Um, you know, if they go if they go another route. I don't know. There's a lot of spots they could go there, so I'm interested. Um. So light heavyweight. So we got a vacant light heavyweight spot. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the Yuri Alex Pereira fight. Isn't that for the title? Or is that like that an annual is thing? for the title. All right. So I guess we can kind of just jump in there, uh, talk about kind of both guys, because one of them is going to be a champion after that fight. Um, I'll jump to Kyle. Which one do you want to do? You, do you want to talk Pereira or do you want to talk Yuri? Uh, I mean, I'll talk Pereira. I've definitely, you know, I've, I've done a lot of watching and analyzing of that that uh, trail uh, that um that those two fights with uh Izzy and um, Pereira mm-hmm. and um I mean I don't know how like like statistically impossible it is but for a guy to walk in the UFC get a few fights and then become UFC champion and then lose it and then go to a different division and now he has another shot at another title like that's pretty wild like this guy is. He's he's kind of like a reaper in his own way. Like he's he's kind of the opposite of Yuri. And that's why it make this fight is just so like going to be so entertaining. Like Yuri's a crazy man, and Pajeda's just like he's just going to stay in there, no emotion. He's just mm-hmm. going to do his thing. He's an absolute killer with this with those fists. And I'm just so excited to watch the fight in general. I just want to see that clash because there's it's a crazy man versus a versus a man who shows no emotion. I love it. Yeah, I want to say, well, like, does does Yuri really stand a chance against Pereira? Like, are are we on the Pereira train, or are you, or Stephen, are you on the are you on the Yuri train? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna come in with the take of the year right here. Um, <laughs> right, we're one you, episode in, and we're the take of the year. Yuri Prohaska beats Alex Pajeda if, and this if. is a very big if. Okay, if he wrestles, we have seen nobody try to wrestle. Alex mm-hmm. Pajeda yet in the UFC. He is a kickboxer through and through. I don't think that wrestling pedigree has really been built up. The only thing I can say is he is very close with Glover Teixeira, who's mm-hmm. very big into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and he's been learning a lot from Glover, who is actually surprisingly also in this division and also really good. Um, I'm not sure if he – did Glover Teixeira retire? He's not, he's not in the in the top fifteen rankings, so and yeah. I mean he is up there in age, and he. I think I think he talked about if he lost that last fight, he was going to retire, or 
at least like take some time off or something. So okay. um, I, I don't know if he's going to be in the window anymore. Okay. But uh, I think, I mean, Alex Bader, man, what's not to love that guy. I mean, you know, do you guys know what Poton means? Mm-mm. It means stone hands. <laughs> Dude, that is crazy. That's an awesome nickname. <laughs> so, I mean, Alex Bejeda, I mean, he's a killer. If you keep that on the feet, he's going to win that fight. Granted, mm-hmm. Yuri Pahaska's got, again, kind of like you said, Kyle, wild man. That spinning back elbow on Dominic Reyes is is textbook if as far as spinning elbows, spinning back elbows go in textbooks. But um, that, that, that was disgusting. And, man, I know how far Dominic Reyes has fallen since then. But, um yeah. I mean, just I think that Sweet Dreams is he's I, I think a placeholder as much as I hate to say it. And I mean, I love the Michigan man. You know, he's Grand Rapids guy, so you got to love Sweet Dreams, Jamal Hill. But um, man, it's it's hard to say that that Yuri Prohaska or Alex Pajeda doesn't hold the belt and and continue to hold it for a while with the way that this division is kind of top heavy, like the lightweight with age. I mean, Jan Blahovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say you got uh, oh, Jamalo Hill. He's up there, too. He's kind of in that picture a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of a thin, at least at the top division. So it'll be interesting. Whoever wins this fight, kind of who's next and, and how that kind of goes from there. Um, that will be on the November 11th card, co-main eventing with our last UFC title that we're going to be talking about here, the heavyweight champion, John Big Boys, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This might be the most fun division in the UFC. I'm not going to lie. There are some characters here. Um, Got John Jones and Stipe going at it on November 11th. Um, Steven, give me the rundown. What are your thoughts on maybe the GOAT, John Jones? Yeah, first of all, the UFC needs to needs to show my man some respect. Derek Lewis is is the knockout king, baby. That is my favorite UFC fighter. I always bet, and I always bet on Derek Lewis, baby. Knockout. That is how I bet. I actually, uh, when I first started watching UFC, um, well, maybe not first. So I, when I started watching it, and then uh, maybe like a year in or so, I'm watching this guy named Derek Lewis fight Alexander Volkov. For, in a heavyweight fight, and I'm just watching this guy, Alexander Volkov, pre-back tattoo, um, <laughs> just, just absolutely pick this dude apart. And and I'm like, I'm sitting there with uh, with Brian, and Brian's like, man, Black Beast, uh, Black Beast's going to need a knockout here in the last however many minutes of uh, the fight. And uh, lo and behold, seven seconds, ten seconds, something like that left in the fight. Derek Lewis throws the craziest bomb, lands it on his chin, knocks him on his candy ass. And he knocks him out. He slits the throat. He gets on the floor. He beats his chest. He does the Derek Lewis, baby. I think Derek Lewis is um is the knockout king, man. He's the real deal. Um, I love him. Favorite favorite guy. I don't think he necessarily is the best guy in the division, but damn it, it's a lot of fun. Entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> John Jones. I mean, we didn't really get to see heavyweight John Jones. Um, I mean, we we saw it, but it, we more so just saw him take someone's back and and choke him out, and what looked like uh, almost sparring. I mean, it looked it looked slow. It didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even his back. He he got him in the in that front. Or, yeah, the front. He, the guillotine yeah. in the front, and just kind of like cranked his neck back until he tapped. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to. I, I at least for what I wanted to see, it seemed like we didn't really get to see the John Jones that we were all hoping to see, mm-hmm. um, which is you know definitely going to be. Uh, if you're fighting Steve Miocic, you're getting you're going to need to bring all the tools with the toolbox, man. That's a 
that's that's a tall order. That's the, I mean, John Jones is the goat, I think, mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts, but Stipe Miocic is the goat of the UFC heavyweight division. So, I mean, this is this is one of those rare times where, hey, you know, we're getting two goats to fight. Granted, man, we were robbed. We were robbed out of that Ninganu and John Jones fight. That mm-hmm. that was the fight to make. That that's was- that's your money fight. That that would have sold so well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that it's just it's it's heartbreaking still, but um Yeah. I know we're not gonna do boxing, but he's got that uh that boxing fight coming up. And we could always we could always bring up if there's a good boxing match, we could always bring it up, man. Before we know it, we're gonna be the the the, whatever uh combat combat sports podcast. Podcast, whatever. Combat sports I'm always (laughs) right talk show podcast, baby. Coming at you. <laughs> so every adjective in front of it. We'll just keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Talk show, um, podcast, where we talk. Bros everything. <laughs> Grab me a beer. We're starting the pod, baby. <laughs> Kyle, so what are your uh what are your thoughts on on John Jones here as a new champ? I don't know, man. It's hard, you know, like like you you both were saying, you know, we, we got to see John Jones get gifted the the nicest matchup you could give a guy you know if you're giving if he's the greatest ufc fighter of all time and so it's kind of like yeah okay he's champion he's the heavyweight champion but what do i know like i Mm -hmm. i don't really know much but you know like so and he's gonna go fight stipe but stipe is also aging too so okay i could see john jones winning but then i'm like okay is stipe regressed he hasn't fought in a while right they're both on the tail end of their careers and so it's it's kind of at least this fight not the division because there is a lot of up-and-comers in the heavyweight division but this fight in general as entertaining it as it's going to be and as big as it's going to be you know john jones is fighting at msg it's like the the cheapest tickets are like nine hundred dollars me and michael really were going to pull the trigger and it was just we like, thought about gosh, it we did we we, we did we, we crunched the numbers and we were we were like ah you know drives gas you gotta drive all the way to new york city you know but like i'm excited for the division steve's like i mean i would have went we can hey we can fly once we get that sponsor like i know that i'm always right uh has that the the beef sponsor the jersey yeah yeah we'll get some sponsors and then we'll go down there once uh Steven uses his amazing voice to get us that those sponsors that they love um that love us ladies and gentlemen um, please sponsor us Yes. <laughs> and then he, he's, you're gonna have to do all the readings like this show is, is brought to you by yeah yeah well, 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 you by stream yard stream yard <laughs> is the podcast that we run on baby yeah okay. so but i'm not i don't want to be like that guy who was like oh i can't wait to see what happens after this but I, i'm excited to see the new heavyweights as much as mm-hmm. i'm excited to see john jones fight again Oh yeah. Well, you almost want to see John Jones win this fight against Stipe and then ride off into the sunset, right? I'm yeah, I mean he's undefeated. I mean, you know, he he gets to have his you know greatest of all time send off, and then we get to see people likes of Tom Aspinall, Curtis Blades, Alexander Volkov. I mean, I know he's up there in age, but oh god, I just see that Derek Lewis name, and I'm just like, ah. Oh, Imagine him world it. champion. That's my imagine, man. Dude. Imagine oh, that. Man. That'd be crazy. As long I as he's not too wild, man. He doesn't fight too well in Houston. Yeah, just kick him out. You can put him in Vegas and we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so, all right. So that's uh, yeah, that's the rundown. That's all of our champions and all of our initial thoughts. Obviously, for every big UFC show and every show that comes up, uh, we're going to be doing a preview. 
Um, so now we're going to get into our news and notes portion. Uh, I don't know if we didn't really plan this part out very well, but if Kyle, Steven, if you guys got any news, notes, or anything that you want to, you know, talk about other than just shows in general, what we got? Um, I mean, the only thing I had was only about shows, so I guess uh, I was ready to go until you said that. But, um, okay. uh, Steven, do you got anything? Kyle, or sorry, Steven, yeah, do we get uh, any news? Do you want to do the, the pound for pound reactions? Or, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we got a pound for pound list right here. <laughs> we got Johnny Bones Jones sitting number uno, numero uno, baby. We're in Spanish now for, uh, for you know, the last UFC main event, <laughs> which is, you know, for all the Mexican fighters. Uh, we got Alexander Volkanovsky sitting at two. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with those. I was going to say, I was going to say, how do we how do we feel about one and two there? All right, hey, we might have to do a little Uno reverse card on those, man. <laughs> but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I think I think I think it's hard when you're going up against like the all time goat to not put him at number one. Um, I would, I would, I would do it, and I still don't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, John Jones, man, he's the <laughs> he's yeah. Shogun, it's like, man. He started off with Shogun at <laughs> what nineteen eighteen is. Yeah, it's like it's like if you have any list in the NFL with like quarterback ranking, and it's like you could put anyone there, but it's like Brady has to be one, or it's like it, you just invalidate it basically. Uh, that's kind of how this feels. It's like John Jones just has to be one. He's the giant killer. You got to yeah. put him one. He's he's beat everyone, and even when he lost, he was winning and was gonna win and. He just was like was trying to get out of there quicker, I guess. You know, he had to go party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, sorry. Got, going. He's on Mahaka Chev sitting at number three. Interesting. I'm not going to refute it. I'm just thinking it's no. interesting. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone else would be above him. Yeah, I it's kind of. I, I think I think he's three. It it feels weird putting him there, but also I I'm with you. I don't see anyone else really going above him. Um, we got. Leon Rocky Edwards, my favorite fighter killer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on that? I think is is he is he spotted right, or is there? Do, do we think? I feel like there's got to be someone that goes above. Well, I feel like pound for pound, man, you got to put the champions up top. I mean, that's just that's just business, right? Is is the champion? Well, that's that's fair. I guess is there another champ? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, granted, I mean, I don't. If know you if you strip if you strip titles really just just uh just play with me here for a sec. If you strip titles away, would this still be your top four or no? Oh, I mean, current. I think I think the three probably, but four would we not have like? Well, I don't know if I could put John jo- for current. I mean, I mean, if you're talking all time pound for pound, this is a totally different list. And John oh, jo- belongs yeah. up there. I'm probably at number one if you're talking mm-hmm. all time, but. Um, I'm talking think, about like right now, but like just strip the titles off and just going okay. Right now, I think Volk is the only one that is probably up there still, just because mm-hmm. we haven't seen John Jones That's really true. test it uh, mm-hmm. at heavy. I think Volk has got to be up there. I think if you're looking, then after that, I mean, you would have put Israel Adesanya as your safe number two. Mm-hmm. But if, if I'm going strictly off my list, I'm going Volkanovski. The way Justin Gaethje looks right now, he's number two on that list. He is right now, I think, the second best fighter in the UFC. Uh, just uh, pound for pound in totality. Either? Just pound for pound in totality. I think. I mean, just electric, entertaining. I mean, you, if Justin Gaethje is fighting, you're paying for it. You know. That's true. Um, and then I think after that, I mean, it's I guess, Islam is Islam three. Yeah, Islam's got to be three. Yeah. Kyle, what are you, there. I know. 
What do you what do you do you, do you agree with that or, or are we missing someone? Uh, I mean, I, it's 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 hard, man. I I I agree with it. I've been listening and also trying to do notes for my uh one note that I had that I prepared for the show. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll get yeah, there. Uh, nothing we'll get nothing there. crazy. I haven't heard anything that's caught my caught my eyes. All right. Uh, what, what was Oh, I got you. So, Charles Oliveira at five. We're just gonna run through ten. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Malley six. Usman seven. Sean Strickland, eight. That's an interesting order. Mm-hmm. Israel Adesanya, nine. Pantoja, 10. Alex so, Pagetta, 11. Max Holiday, 12. Hold on. These are just getting good. Aljamain Sterling, 13. Justin Gaethje, 14. I don't know about that one. And then Yuri Parhaska, uh, excuse me, Yuri Parhaska is also at 14. Interesting. T- tied. Okay. Tied. And then Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill is at 15. So that's an interesting list. I think. Like, like you said, when you have the champions thing, like, I think the top five are hard to dispute. Um, but I don't know that, like, Sean Strickland eight, I think, is the first one I was like, okay, this, it's an interest. They give, they definitely give them the edge with the champions' advantage for sure on that one. Yeah. Um, you, think, uh, you think Charles Oliveira five, Sean O'Malley six, and Usman sevens, right? I don't know if I could put Usman at seven anymore. And I hate to say it because that's my guy. It's hard because like Izzy's at nine, and I think they both equally have had some like rough outings the last couple last year or so. Yeah, um, um, is ten, and that's a champion right there. Yeah, like you said on his notes, though, I think if he wins in December, I think that placement sounds better. But like right now, I think it might be a little high. I will agree with you though. Gaethje being fourteen, and like Dustin Poirier just not, or Michael Chandler not being there at all, just kind of feels weird. Yeah, yeah, Chandler. I mean, dude, you gotta love Chandler fight. Chandler, Chandler's right there too. So I mean, he's, he's exciting to watch, man. He's so much fun to to just see that guy go out there, and he just puts on a show every time. I think Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje are two of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um, all right, Kyle, we can jump into. Um, your one note that you make for this what will you want to jump into well i mean it's not much of a note more than like i thought we should do at least a, a pre or talk something about this fight night we have this weekend yeah um, okay yeah that's what we we're going to get into next then um so we got fight night uh dawson versus green here coming up october 7th um do we know where i guess it doesn't really matter where it takes place but do we know where it takes place Is to it the like apex Apex, okay. Yeah. Um, do we? So I was thinking we do either top three fights or top five fights. Do we have a preference on how many we want to do for the fight nights? Uh, I don't. I think I most top three for fight think, nights and then main cards we'll probably want to do yeah. until like you know, more until, Yeah. Yeah. Think, okay. So we'll hit the top three here. Okay. So uh, we'll start with uh, match three then. We got Alex Moreno, the Morano. dog. Morano, sorry. Alex Morano in the welterweight division taking on Joaquin Buckley, the minus 170 favorite. Um, Steven, I'll throw this one to you. Where do you where do you see this one going? If you had to throw something on here, where what side we lean in, how we how we doing it? Yeah, so I mean, uh whenever you think of Joaquin Buckley, you think of that. Roundhouse kick or the that, spinning man, back what, kick. I don't even know how to describe that kick to this day. Mm. I mean, that kick was something out of like you know, like a UFC game or, or you know, Tekken or it's not, it's just it. You just don't see. 
you just don't see that kind of thing happen. I think um, this one, I got to lean towards Joaquin Buckley. I mean, I think just, you know, he's kind of kind of moving his way into um, what seems like, well, hopefully a better stretch here. I know you had a couple of rough fights after that kick, but uh, I'm going Buckley in this fight. <laughs> do you have a uh, – are, are we going to lean decision or – do you have any 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 strong sides, or are you just going to go Buckley money line and, and take it and leave it? We're we're going for the knockout on this one. Buckley wins by knockout. I'm saying Buckley's if I got to guess the round, I'm saying round two. Okay, round two knockout by Stephen Kyle. Where where's your head at on this one? Oh man, um, I mean, I I mostly agree with Stephen. That that knockout was just something out of a like not even a movie. It was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. But uh, I think. But we'll see what what are the odds looking like right now. I think it was like minus one something for minus uh, one seventy for Buckley. Yeah, yeah. Buckley's yeah, one seventy. Moreno's yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where I'd lean. That's where I'd lean. That uh, Buckley's a big name though, so I feel like big names yeah. always want to get more yeah. money. Yeah, especially yeah, especially but, on the fight nights, I I'd yeah. definitely lean that way. I don't I I don't think I don't know how much I'm gonna like uh choose like by what, how it's going to go or when it'll happen for, like, these uh, Fight Night cards, because mainly because I don't know much about them, but uh, sure. the, the the pay-per-views, I'll, I'll I'll be ready to go. Yeah. So you're, you're taking Buckley here, too? Yeah, I'll take Buckley. Yeah, I'm going to take Buckley, too. Um, this one just screams decision win for some... I don't know. The way, Steven, you're kind of talking about how, like, he's kind of had this up and down after that, after that crazy kick. I just feel like it's not... It's going to be, like, like a unanimous is like okay, it might even be like 30 27s across the board. I just don't know if he's gonna have that power to get that knockout on him necessarily. So I'm gonna take Buckley probably by decision. Um, but money line minus 170, I take that. Oh, yeah. All right, the co main event here we got uh Joe Pfeiffer, the minus 430 favorite, taking on Abdul or Zach uh, Hassan, the plus 330 underdog in the middleweight division. Kyle, we'll throw this one to you. Where are you leaving yeah, on this one? When uh when you see uh these fights that have these uh pretty big uh, odd swings in one direction, I mean usually uh, uh you'll see like a when you see like a minus seven hundred, minus a thousand, um like odds for one guy. It's most times more than not, it's the UFC kind of feeding a guy to someone who they think has potential. And in this uh case it's Joe Piper, he's on mm-hmm. a looks like a six fight winning streak. Um, and if he continues that, um, you'll surely be hearing him, uh, probably in a pay per view one day. And so I'll take Joe Piper. Yeah, and just for um, so Abdul Razak here, Healy's uh, two and two in his last fights. He does have a knockout win in his last fight, but he last fought January of this year. So not a lot of fights under his belt in the UFC here. Um. Steven, uh, where, are you, where are you leaning on this one? I'm going Joe Piper on this one. I mean, uh, the, the odds are for a reason. Six-fight win streak. This guy looks like a complete fighter. Um, I think that uh, yeah, kind of like you said, he, he might be getting fed some stuff here to kind of get some stardom kind of rolling into his name. Uh, six fights are no joke, man. That's that's a really impressive feat. So, Yeah, I'd, I'd take Joe Piper. Um, you know, like, I mean – I want to piggyback off you guys, but I think I think it is just a, you know, let's just let's just get him an extra win, kind of start building him up in the middleweight division. As we talked about, the middleweights hit or miss are you know not the deepest division that we have, so try to build some some other guys up there. 
Um, and then our main event here, we got uh, Grant Dawson, who's our minus 440 favorite, taking on uh, veteran Bobby Green, who's the plus 340 underdog in the lightweight division. Main event, five-round fight. Steven, take us away. Who you got? Bobby Green, baby. <laughs> uh, Bobby Green, that, that guy, I, I'm, I'm betting the under on this one. Bobby Green, he's old, but man, does he know how to – he's so fast, dude, and he's got power with him. Um, I'm not too familiar with Dawson, actually, I don't think. But, um, I, I mean, I just – I know Bobby Green it always comes and he comes to fight, and I love it. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the dog here. and We're going Bobby Green, baby. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It, is, it is impressive. So, um, Grant Dawson here, so he's had – what is this like eight fights, nine fights in the UFC and he's eight Oh and one with a draw against Ricky Glenn. So uh, he's, he's stacking them wins 21 and one record overall. Um, he also, he's teamed with American top team who, who have a lot of really good talent um, on their team. Um, so it'd be an interesting fight for sure. Kyle, where are you, where are you leaning on the main event here? Oh man, you know, I got to go with my boy, Grant Dawson. You know, I just, just look, just look like, this his professional record. He's only lost one time. He's twenty and one. Last time he lost was twenty sixteen. That's wild. But like mm-hmm. Michael said, he's undefeated in the UFC. Um, they he's he is only twenty four years old. Bobby Green is thirty seven. And um, I mean, Bobby Green just did have that win over uh, Tony Ferguson. Um, but you know, Tony Ferguson lost five fights in a row. You never you know, you know mm-hmm. how that goes. But um, but they're both they're both uh, jujitsu specialist but i do like uh, uh grant dawson because he's just kind of one of those guys who's just gonna gonna go for what he's good at and he's usually not he's usually not gonna get denied and if he does then he's just gonna keep trying and i think bobby green you know he's getting up there in age i think uh grant dawson will be able to wear him down and win yeah does this is feel kind of like obviously a way lesser version of like a mcgregor um, Donald Cerrone fight, where it's like the really old guy, the veteran guy, and then not necessarily the young guy on the other side, but kind of just like the the feel, like the warm up fight almost. Like you, you get that sense where it's yeah, like you just kind of like throw him out there, like yeah, you're experienced, you'll give us a good fight for for a fight night main event, but like he's gonna probably take your number on this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's just what it's just like kind of like a it's it is probably being used as just a marketing thing, you know. You we have oh we have this young up and comer against this old veteran, and it's just kind of a uh, a easy marketing way to put it together a fight or a fight night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll I'll also stake Dawson on this one. Um, just like just like Kyle said, I know I know Stephen's loving this Bobby Green here, but uh, I, I'm gonna have to go the other way. I think I think he beats him. I think he knocks him out probably early on and. I think uh, it doesn't last too long, but we shall see. That fight will be happening Saturday afternoon or Saturday night um, in the Apex, so it'll be fun. Uh, all right, well, that was all I had. Uh, Kyle, Steven, is there anything else you wanted to go before uh, we wrap this up here? That's all I got, baby. That is all I got. Till next week. Kyle, anything I'm, else? I'm good. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, this is the first show of the I'm Always Right uh, Sports Podcast UFC edition. UFC, um, baby. The goal when, is going to be – when, uh, when do we expect for these to be uh, uploaded and be able to listen? Yeah, so that's what I was going to get into here. So the idea – so this one will probably be uploaded on Saturday uh, morning, but we're going to try to get uploads on Friday mornings. Um 
just so you know you guys have you know a day or two to, to listen in get all the insight and then obviously we're gonna be talking betting and stuff like that for the show so uh, if you want to, you know, take any of our advice on anything, if you're iffy on stuff. So we're going to shoot for Friday mornings. Um, this one might just be Saturday morning to, because it's the first one, but that's kind of the idea right now. Um, but yeah, so thanks, Stephen, for showing up here and expect to see Stephen around a lot more for these UFC podcasts. Uh, we, got, we got the whale man over here, Kyle Budznowski, and I'm the Merck, so Mike Merkel. We will see you guys as always next week. Peace.